Then outspake brave Horatius, the captain of the gate, to every man upon this earth, death cometh sooner late. And how can a man die better than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his fathers and the temples of his God? Lord Macaulay, you are listening to the Artiburn Radio Transmission. A frog and a scorpion standing on the banks of a small stream. The scorpion says, you know, you could give me a ride across the stream. And the frog says, no, you'll, you'll sting me and I'll die. The scorpion says, why would I do that? If I sting you, we'll both drown. The frog says, okay. Let's the scorpion climb on his back. They go about halfway out into the stream. Scorpion stings the frog. And as they're both drowning, the frog says, why would you do that? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. We'll talk a little bit about that logic today here on the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Uh, I am your host, Tony Arterburn, broadcasting from beautiful Branson, Missouri, along with my co-pilot and co-host, Beans the Brave. It's the 14th of July, 2023. It's Bastille Day. I'll talk a little bit about the history of Bastille Day. You know, that movie Con Air, it kept mentioning that. It's the 14th of July. The 14th of when I was a kid, I didn't understand. Why do they keep mentioning the date? It's because it's Bastille Day. You're supposed to connect the two things, which is the French Revolution and storming the prison. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe the difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution, how that's still going on today, those two competing thoughts. Well, I'm on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, San Antonio. I don't give a shout-out often to my home station there. I, I should. The good folks who tune in on Fridays. I'm sorry for all the repeats. I've been back and forth between Denison, Texas, setting up our satellite location. Um, I'm Branson and Denison, Branson and Denison. But I finally, I, I found some equilibrium, so we're going to do more shows. I just released a paratruther, uh, we'll see, Monday. And... Um, it was great. I'd recorded it about 10 days before that, but we'd done a show on 1947. We're doing like years and conspiracy. So if you're subscribed to the Artiburn Radio Transmission podcast and Paratruth, you're going to get those things. So be sure you subscribe. Those are the shows that I, I don't do live. Um, and uh, I really enjoy the historical deep dives, you know, to get away from, from the headlines. But the headlines today were made for me. <laughs> it's just parapolitics and precious metals all over the place. Like I didn't even have to work for it. I just looked at the headlines and thought, okay, well, good. We'll just, uh, let's see, any, mini money, mo. We'll pick some of these. And uh, <laughs> lots happened since I left. And I, I keep thinking, you know, three, four, five years ago, the lady on the plane in DFW, who's like, you know, that guy's not real. And she didn't say the word guy, but you know what I'm talking about. He's not real. Screaming, he's, I'm getting off this plane, he's not real. Five years ago or so, I'd have thought, this person's pilled up, they've had too much to drink, and now I think, oh yeah, it's probably not real. It's probably, it's probably, not, it's probably not a real person. 
as a matter of fact, before I get into some of the real serious headlines, let's look at this headline from the Babylon Bee, which made me laugh. It says, uh, lizard person gives harrowing account of being harassed on airline. <laughs> a local lizard man spoke with reporters to provide a detailed account of shameful incident of outright harassment he suffered on an airplane while trying to tra Dallas, traveling from Dallas to Orlando, Florida. I was just trying to fly to Florida and enjoy my vacation, says Lorna X Israelabel, a DC lobbyist. <laughs> oh, the Babylon Bee. You know, they're not far from the truth at all, are they anymore? And that's the scary part, I think, right? So then you had that uh, supposed guy who says he was the, he went on TikTok and he says, I'm a free, he's totally like tattooed all in his face and everything. I'm a Freemason. And, uh, you know, it freaked her out. That's such a lazy, like people that buy into that. Like if you don't understand like what Freemasonry is versus like the Illuminati, right. Or other parts of the occult or other things like that. If you don't understand the origins of that, you just throw that out there. Like I doubt that guy is an actual blue lodge Freemason. Like, do you think George Washington was a Satanist? Was, 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 uh, was, was Alexander Hamilton? Well, maybe, I don't know. He was a banker's guy. But uh, Andrew Jackson, Sam Houston, were these guys occultists? I mean, know your differences. It's kind of lazy. People are phoning it in. But this guy goes on there and people buy it. So I don't know. But I believe the lady when she says that person's not. I think we're in that that timeline, don't you think? That's where the strange, like the, I think David Icke was on with Alex Jones and said that the, uh, the reality that uh, we perceive is thinning. Makes sense. If you're a Christian, don't you, wouldn't you subscribe to that, right? This uh, seems pretty biblical to me. All right, we'll uh, we'll jump into some headlines, and again, I will talk about Bastille Day a little bit. Um, but like I, like I said, this is a <laughs> this is a day where it's tailor made for me. Oh, and if you live long enough, you know it's kind of like the story of the uh, the <laughs> the Zen master and the little boy. You know the you guys heard the story where the Zen master buys his uh, son a horse. He's the most uh, treasured of, of the horses in all of the village. And everybody says, oh, this isn't that wonderful. And Zen master says, well, we'll see. And he falls off the horse and breaks his leg. And uh, people said, oh, isn't that so awful? You know, now he's, uh, he's crippled. And uh, the Zen master says, we'll wait and see. So then there's a big war that breaks out. And uh, all the young men are conscripted to have to go off to, the, to fight for the emperor. But this young man can't go. He has to stay on the farm because there's a broken leg, right? People said, how wonderful that he can stay now. And the Zen master says, well, we'll wait and see. Very important, stay humble, right? And here's a great example of why you should always stay humble. Never get too comfortable. Never rest on your own laurels. And always watch out for being arrogant and hubristic. Because here you look at somebody like Mr. Zelensky who, and I've said many times, um, you should be careful of being a U.S. ally. Remember that famous picture of Donald Rumsfeld going in and shaking hands with one Saddam Hussein? Or Tim Osman, our great friend, Tim Osman. You remember Tim, right? Oh, I mean Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Tim Osman, the code name for the Central Intelligence Agency for one Osama bin Laden, U.S. ally for a long time, you know, to kill Russians. The Soviet Union in Afghanistan or Gaddafi. Oh, they're all dead now, right? Or, uh, you know, Noriega was an ally. 
uh, like uh, the great David Knight said yesterday when I was on his show. He's a member of Noriega, the strong man. Yeah. Well, I gave those warnings, what, a year ago or so? I said, I'd be careful about being a U.S. ally. And this guy was being celebrated everywhere, every, you know, being rolled out and, and Harold is a, is a hero. And, uh, you know, he's the next Winston Churchill and all of the on and on and on. And I kept saying, well, you know, Sun Tzu, I think, called it pretty well when he said an evil man will stand over the ashes of his country. This man's not once sued for peace. He's not once tried to create a summit to, to reach a deal. Not one time. Not, not that I've ever seen. It's just forward. You know, we're going to get into NATO. And I forget the name of the, his associate that's, you know, was interviewed back in 2018. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, it'll be well, about 2022. We'll have a devastating war. Most of the country will be in ruins, but we'll get into NATO. I mean, you realize how psychopathic that is, right? And if you don't understand the context, if you're just a teleprompter reading dead sold mannequin automaton that works for the uh, <laughs> Mockingbird Press in the mainstream media, then you don't understand what's happening. I happen to because I have a library card and I could figure that out. But Mr. Zelensky, uh, trying to take his country into oblivion, but you get to see him show up and look ridiculous. I think it's... So many things converging in the last couple of weeks, but I was thinking about Voltaire, the philosopher, and he was put into the Bastille, by the way. Uh, but he said uh, he had a prayer. He said, uh, oh, Lord, please just once make my enemies look ridiculous. <laughs> so, he looks ridiculous, doesn't he? Showing up with his little costume and uh, going to these uh, going to the NATO summit and then throwing a tantrum. This is a story on summit.news. War effort in shambles as hawks turn on each other at NATO summit. Bloomberg is just out with a devastating behind-the-scenes account of a hot-headed Zelensky at the NATO summit in Vilnius and the growing Western backlash in the face of his obvious frustration at what's being seen as the steady flow of billions of dollars into the arms of Kiev. Apparently, even the mainstream media agrees with our own assessment of the Ukrainian leader having thrown a tantrum as he complained about the weak and absurd NATO stance on Ukraine's membership. The blistering tweet he issued in English while en route to Lithuania exposed the cracks in the alliance as Bloomberg highlights the opening of the very revealing Wednesday piece. Yeah, he had an outburst. And I love the Babylon B says embarrassed man could have sworn invitation said costume party as he's standing there alone. It really is a swift fall, isn't it? And just this demanding, you know, more billions and billions and putting our sons and daughters on the line, like committing, you know, our, our safety, our security, our wealth, our treasure for everything, just to put it on the line for something that again, the Western powers wanted this. If you know anything about the fall of the Soviet Union, if you know anything about the agreements that were made to Mikhail Gorbachev by Secretary of State James Baker, if you know about that, you know about that betrayal. And by the way, I'm not a Russophile. It's not my country. They, they have uh, totalitarian leanings as well, right? They, they, the, Putin is not the destroyer of the new world order, folks. I hate to tell you that. I mean, we're going to talk about the BRICS nations in a little while. Don't start hailing these new currencies as your hero or Vladimir Putin as your hero. They have all the same kind of stuff internally, uh, the same kind of new world order tactics, 1984, brave new world stuff that we do, right? 
they're just a different part of that. They're a different brand of that, right? It's, I mean, we have the rainbow flag and they have the gulag, right? <laughs> so just, uh, just be wary of that. Be careful of like choosing sides in this. It's both bad. But if you know what we do to try to, try to create this, this war and this havoc and this violence and chaos, then you're going to be a lot more sympathetic to why it happened in the first place. It says, all day long, the above very real photo of an isolated and defeated-looking Zelensky standing amid NATO heads of state with backs turned, circulated widely on social media. And by the way, there's a little link here, just kind of a side story. Henry Kissinger was duped into thinking he was talking to Zelensky by these uh, Russian radio uh, shock jock guys that do a lot of these prank calls. And Henry Kissinger, who's 100 years old, uh, thought he was talking to Zelensky, and Zelensky said, um, or the the radio host pretending to be Zelensky says, uh, "Who blew up the Nord Stream pipe pipeline?" <laughs> Kissinger said, "I thought you did." <laughs> I mean, if, it's funny because if you, I mean, they're they're so disorganized. These are not your father's New World Order goblins. Like these people, I mean, we're up against a monumental enemy. I tell you that much. Okay, these are the scorpions. You don't let them. You don't give them a ride across the stream. Know what they do. But they're they they're just terrible at all of this. Their their grandfathers and fathers were pretty good. That's some sinister stuff. I mean, you look at uh, the JFK assassination, like all the symbology in that, and all the things that had to happen, the all the moving parts. I mean, that is, you know, Don Jeffries, uh, the legendary, my friend Don Jeffries said, the mother of all conspiracies. Absolutely, it's not the first conspiracy, but it's huge, right? They did. I mean, that's masterful job. Uh, 9-11, it was pretty good. You know, they had a, the inside job. You still, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still hard to figure out how they did it. Um, but you know, all you have to realize is that there was three buildings and two planes. Okay. The start there, three buildings, two planes, only, only two buildings were hit by a plane. The other one fell into free fall speed, 43 stories called building seven. Go look it up. Not hit by a plane. Uh, so start there, but they did that right inside. But these people. I mean, you got Kissinger, he's, he's a hundred years old. He was at the start of all this, like the beginning of, you know, the real politique, the triangular diplomacy with Nixon, opening China, taking us off the gold standard, the petrodollar, the trilateral commission, all that. So he's the birth of all this stuff and he's still around and he's answering phone calls, which is, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's tragic and we're in, we're in uh, the apocalypse, but it's funny to me. Yeah, amid things that are even more tense behind the scene, as Bloomberg writes, over dinner in Vilnius, the U.S. President Joe Biden, uh, back at his hotel, the other leaders delivered a clear message to Zelensky, according to one person who was present. You have to cool down and look at the full package. Well, another thing, too, I think it was the defense minister of, of Great Britain. He said, we want to see gratitude. Yeah, we're giving you we're putting everything on the line, but again, you know, billions, but they just create monopoly money in the basement at the federal reserve, you know, just cranking out the machine, but they, they print the funds, you know, they debase their own currencies to prop up Zelensky and give him all the weapons and everything else. What's the true human cost there. It's gotta be enormous. And it's really sad. I mean, you got to feel for the Ukrainian people, you have to feel for the Russian people, all this. And just bankers' wars. What does this have to do with anything? I mean, if you look around, you realize like we have the technology to 
uh, teach everyone how to have a little bit of organic gardening. Like we could clean up the water. Like we, I mean, I'm, I'm talking a little bit uh, utopian, like, but I mean, why don't we work on those things? When I was a kid, it was all about planting trees. Nobody talks about that anymore. It's just like climate change and you must die. You're part of carbon. You know, your carbon, you must be erased. We have to erase your carbon footprint. Like what, what happened to just cleaning things up and like everybody taking a, a role in responsibility? No, no, it, you take the responsibility off you. We just need to make sure you don't ever go anywhere. You know, get an electric car that you can't plug in and use the grid for, right? Price yourself out of traveling. That's what it's all about. It's not about anything regarding cleaning up or making the world better. And it's all about war and it's all about keeping the status quo for these degenerate, soulless agents of the dark Lord, right? That's what it is to me. And Zelensky is just an extension of that. And it's just this broke. I mean, he's, he's one of those people. He's a, he's a construct. He's a PR move, right? He's a, he's a, a manufactured person. He played the, the president of Ukraine on Ukrainian television and they made him, I mean, come on folks. This is a script. All the world's a stage. It's funny. I made even, even Don Jeffries, which by the way, if you can, if you can tell something to Don Jeffries, he doesn't know about, or has omitted by just not, you know, not knowing about it uh, in his book, <laughs> masking the truth. I was having an interview with Don. If you haven't catched that interview, it's on it's on my podcast channel. It's a great show. But he were talking about the first person to get the jab in England um, was named William Shakespeare. You know, all the world's a stage. He, by the way, he died like three or four. He was older. But his name was William Shakespeare. All the world's a stage. Don't forget that. I mean, I don't know how much of this is real, you know, but I, I know that. The scary part to me is they need war to save their system. And I'm talking about the West in general, whether you're talking about the European Central Bank or the Federal Reserve, I hate to break it to you. It's the same entities that own all of it. I mean, you think we threw out the British in 1776? No, they came back. They came back in the form of the Central Bank. Uh, you know, as Andrew Jackson, he wanted the term, I killed the bank on his tombstone. He was so proud. He got rid of the, he called him a den of vipers and thieves. Got rid of the second bank of the United States. That was in 1836. Uh, the next year, JP Morgan was born 1837. But at the time he died in 1913, we had, you know, another one, but they didn't call it a central bank. They called it a federal reserve, right? <laughs> that's the, that's the key. They changed the language, right? So we're always tracking back to that. Well, this is a, a great example of why you should always stay humble. Things change. Things don't stay the same. And uh, it looks like his PR is running thin. The, uh, the character, <laughs> the being propped up, he should be very careful. And uh, it's not good for anyone uh, of us. You know, that's again, that's, that's why, you know, going back to the, the British you know, you talk about the central banks, you have the Council on Foreign Relations. These are all like infiltrations of our government. You know, these supranational bodies, things that are outside the system, getting their tentacles into the system. Cecil Rhodes, you know, the Rhodes Scholarship. That's the same thing. You know, he, he was the only person to ever have, what, two countries named after him down in South Africa. 
uh, Rhodesia, right? And the Rhodesian Ridgeback had a dog named after him. He was uh, friends with the Rothschilds, but they had the round table. And it was uh, the goal was to merge the British Empire and America back together. And that's certainly what they did. All right. Well, I'm going to change gears. I'll, I'll go to the Rockfin chat here in a second. It's been a while since I talked to everybody in live chat. I, I've been working on some, uh, well, some projects, some things that are going to go live here shortly. And uh, I'll probably announce that sometime next week. Um, going to do the Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show on a, at least one live setting a week so I can take calls and chats. We're going to work on all of that. Uh, more stuff's going to hit the podcast. We've got some interviews coming up. So lots of stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, we've got uh, the uh, freeworld.fm, the radio station uh, that uh, myself and Billy Ray Valentine and Charlie Robinson and others are, are launching. John Brisson, uh, Don Jeffries. Uh, we're going to put that together. We've got the uh, New York City the uh, summit there that we got guest speakers, uh, I, those names that I just mentioned, uh, plus Richard Gage, going to be there just uh, prior to the 9-11 anniversary uh, in New York. Uh, tickets are on sale. I'll be able to put that link in the show notes, and uh, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks, but that's going to be a great event. I'm, I'm speaking, by the way. Um, still working on what I'm going to put together. I get 30 minutes, so uh, I, I'm the one that put the time constraints on it. I think we should do 30 minutes and try to get the best out of every speaker. So I'll, I'll be doing that. I'm looking forward to that as well. So lots of stuff going on, and I appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. But uh, we got more uh, news to cover, and again, I'll, I'll hit the chat here in a second. All right, let's uh, – uh, I don't want to – I don't want to – do I have to get into too much politics? Maybe at the end. Seems like a dead space to me. I, I'm more – you don't want to get too lost in politics because – it's a distraction to what really is happening. And that is a monumental historical shift like we've never seen before. The, the loss of the, the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Massive. That's never happened to us before. Like we've never, you know, there was a thing called Triffin's Dilemma. There's an economist back in the mid-60s. Um, and I think they had him before Congress. And one of the things started happening when LBJ started debasing our currency like the old Roman emperors did, right? They take the silver out of the coins. Well, LBJ did that right after uh, Kennedy was assassinated by the deep state. Uh, they took the silver out of the coinage, you know, half dollars, dimes, and quarters, and there were no more dollars to be made. A lot of the world started to take notice, and we had the, uh, the great society on the Mekong. You know, you had LBJ, guns and butter, we're going to democratize mankind, kind of a proto George W. Bush or something. And the world took notice that we're running deficits. Something's wrong with the currency. And they started to, uh, to look at turning dollars back into gold. And they had uh, Robert Triffin, the economist, they called it Triffin's dilemma. And uh, what it had to do with is that when we became the world's reserve currency, you know, we backed the, the dollar with gold, at gold. We pegged it at $35 an ounce at, at Breton Woods in 1944. But, what happened is that in order to be the world's reserve currency, you have to stock all these central banks around the world with dollars. So you have to create more dollars, right? And they all have to have a, a value unit. They all have to have something to back them up, right? You can't, it can't be unlimited. Well, we've tried that experiment. And so Triffin's dilemma was 
if if you can't back it up with anything, and I'm again, I don't, I'm not pretending to be an economist, but there is something to this. What happens when those trillions, if not quadrillions, amount of units that were created to become the world's reserve currency to have all this money velocity everywhere? What happens when they come home? What happens when they're repatriated? What happens when there's a new reserve world's reserve currency? Well, it crashes the unit, right? It crashes the currency, and we've never had that happen before right? We're, we're pretty new at this and taking us off the gold standard, just accelerate We could have, I think we would have stayed. We would have had to make cuts and we would have had to be fiscally responsible. Who wants to do that? You have to have a deep state, you know, <laughs> we, have, we have to have secret programs and lose, you know, we can't track $2.3 trillion. That's uh, <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld the day before 9-11. We can't track it. Well, sure. You, you can't track it. You got, don't have to account for it. We're just going to put it, you know, we're going to do some accounting though. Don't you worry. We're going to put it in this office over in the Pentagon. <laughs> where do you, where do you think the, whatever hit the Pentagon? Where do you think that hit that office? Was it the accounting office? Pretty sure. All right. This is uh zero heads shift gold. The U S dollar is on shaky ground. There's a growing trend towards de-dollarization. Meanwhile, the federal reserve is tinkering with the idea of a digital dollar that could give the government unprecedented control over your spending. Well, scratch the word unprecedented. I'm guess, um, total control, absolute control, and it won't be your spending. It'll be your allowance and like what you're allowed to get. Frankly, folks, it's the hill to die on. As my friend Charlie Robinson says, it's this is not political. We cannot accept a central bank digital currency. No reason given is a valid reason to have a central bank digital currency. And if you listen to me for long enough, I hope that you'll start to ask yourself, why are governments in the currency business? Why are you doing that? I don't need you. And you know it. You know I don't need you. I have a gold standard. I can go on and check goldprice.org or you can go to wolfpack.gold and you can find the current spot price. That's universal across the world. I don't need you. What is it that you do? Oh, you just debase currencies. Oh, and you manipulate them. Oh, and you restrict them. Oh, I see what this is all about. Has nothing to do with stability or fairness or legal tender or anything like that. Says, given the trajectory of the dollar, it might be a good idea to find some alternatives. In other words, we need currency competition. Well, sure we do. Says, fortunately, there are options. Gold and silver has served as money for thousands of years. Digital platforms make it easier than ever to transact business using either metal. This opens the door to creating an environment of currency competition, and the states are in the position to lead the way. Says, for instance, a bill introduced in Texas this year would have created a state-issued gold-backed digital currency. The bill didn't advance, but it did start the discussion. I, I tackled this a little bit. Uh, you know, Joseph P. Farrell, I, I listened to his podcast. He wrote a, a book called Babylon's Banksters. And this, the day that I was asked about this on the David Knight show, I went, tuned into that show. He agreed with I mean, he, he didn't hear me, but he, he had the same kind of stance. Very skeptical, like, why are we creating this? digitized gold backed currency. I, I just don't need you. I don't need the state. I don't like that. I think it's a back door. I don't like any of these state controlled digitized currencies tied to a blockchain. I just don't. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the BRICS stuff because that's, that's massive. That ought to be on the headlines everywhere. They're keeping it sidelined 
so you don't pay attention because that's huge. But we've got these competing currencies, which I'm for. You know, states like Tennessee are jumping in and making gold and silver legal tender. Uh, there's a that start at the end of the article. I'll read a little bit about and I, it. Lists all the states. There's a there's a writer that says while the dollar won't be deplaced overnight. Fostering a competitive environment where it needs to compete with sound money backed by gold is the best option for all 50 states. Again, I'm not going to read the whole article. It says, uh, the system began to unravel in the 1970s due to economic challenges faced by the United States, including the need to finance its war in Vietnam. Oh, hey, I, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. While simultaneously dealing with the French president, Charles de Gaulle's demand that the U.S. return France's gold, his discontent may have been prophetic, foretelling a simple, uh, similar future sentiment. He said, U.S. imperialism leaves no field unoccupied. It takes every form, but the dollar is the most insidious. We pay the U.S. to purchase us. So each time we have dollars, we will convert them into gold. Everyone should do the same. Political pressures will no longer be used to manipulate money. That was Charles de Gaulle in the late 60s. He sent his warships over to pick up France's gold. The interesting thing about France going on right now, too, uh, I'm not a fan of, I mean, I don't like any, these European leaders. I don't anything like that. I mean, Europe's, a, um, unfortunately, demographically, it looks really bad for their future, but uh, you have like President Macron was asking the uh, president of South Africa, can we, can we, uh, can I join the BRICS summit? Can I go to the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa summit coming up in August? Can, can, can the French come in? Do you realize how huge that is? I mean, they've got discontent. This, this goes back a long way. And we'll talk a little bit about Bastille Day, which, you know, there's a difference between the French and us, right? Anyway, it's a great article up on Zero Hedge. And let's, let's skip down to the bottom. It says, what is the best option? Every surfer knows that there's a precise moment to start paddling to catch a wave before it breaks. Start too early and it crashes upon you. Start too late, you miss it entirely. This time is, is crucial if we want to harness the full power of the waves. And he's talking about this historic wave of the loss of the domination the hegemonic domination of the dollar is the world's reserve currency and what's happening with these new currencies emerging, especially just gold becoming again, this is Gresham's law. You know, the, the Gresham's law states that uh, uh, bad money when it enters the system puts good money into hiding real value goes into hiding until it runs its course and then starts, everything starts over again. So the you know, timing is crucial. Crucial. Likewise, any state aiming to break free from the Federal Reserve must be prepared to seize the wave as soon as possible. The new wave is the coalitions of nations advocating for sound money backed by a system of gold replace the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. The collective strength of this group allows them to be fearless, fearlessly voice their dissatisfaction along with other discontented national leaders. The, folks, this is this is happening. And. I can't stress this enough. Pay attention to these little moves going on all around the world, even internally, even here in the United States. So surprisingly, it's even more simple than we might imagine. While the dollar won't be displaced overnight, fostering a competitive environment where it needs to compete with sound money backed by gold is the best option for all 50 states. Citizens can decide which currency they trust, and the laws of supply and demand will determine the winner. 
Currently, there are seven U.S. states with uh, existing laws granting legal tender status to foreign currencies that have legal tender status with foreign within their borders. These are states are Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Alaska, and Arkansas. So once a foreign country gives legal st uh, uh, tender status to a stable currency, functional, transparent, and legitimate gold-backed monetary system within its territory, it will have de facto legal tender status in seven U.S. states. So when those countries, they back something by gold, de facto, they become legal tender. This is huge. Because the reason that you have a, a reserve currency, the reason the dollar remains dominant is because of money velocity. It's the amount of transactions. It's the amount of demand. So you can have, as long as your demand for that currency Every day, every transaction, all the, you know, the million, trillions of transactions, as long as that happens every single day, then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter how many units you have in circulation. But once you have so many units in circulation and the supply and the demand hit, hit head on, well, that's when you have a catastrophe. That's when you have an implosion of a currency, right? So know when to look for the wave. I agree with that. All right, let's go to the Rockfin chat. See how everybody's doing over there. Uh, oh, we got uh, we got a few people in the chat today. Well, I appreciate everybody sticking with me, coming to check out the show. It's been a while since we've done something live, but I've got more a lot more live shows on the way. And uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Guard Goldsmith's in the chat. I'd love to see Guard and Rhonda Tate and Jason Barker, all the all the usual suspects in the chat. Good to see you guys. Uh, I try to, I try to go back and check the chat, see if you have any questions or anything like that. It's just uh, I just get on a roll reading these articles, so I appreciate all you guys. Yeah, be sure and uh, everybody in the chat, be sure if you haven't go subscribe to my podcast. And you can always find the feed up on Arterburn.news, which is my website. Uh, but that's where you'll find, uh, you know, all the the paratruthers, uh, the the pre recorded shows. And again, we're going to start having, I'll make an announcement on, uh, on social media, probably on my Twitter, uh, and Facebook here over the weekend, perhaps on when you should look for, um, the schedule for the wise wolf golden crypto show and Kinsey will be back and we'll, uh, we'll have more, more shows added, added to the channel. Cause we've got lots to cover I and mean, there's just so much happening. It's like. Uh, Midnight Mike with uh, our Big Dumb Mouth podcast. You know, it's all happening, quoting Alex Jones. <laughs> it's, it's all happening. That's that same clip running over and makes me laugh. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit, maybe come back to uh, some monetary issues. I want to I talk, let's, let's talk about politics. I, I told you uh, parapolitics and precious metals, but we'll maybe talk about Biden a little bit. Uh, before I do that, uh, I do need to to plug a little bit. You know, I everything that we do, the radio time, everything that I buy, you know, all the time on Worldwide Christian Radio or uh, 9.30 a.m. The Answer or the podcast feed or anything that I do uh, is sponsored by my company, which is Wise Wolf, and uh, that's the Gold and Silver Exchange. You can find us at wisewolf.gold. We don't have a minimum. Uh, if you ever need to buy precious metals, just reach out to us. You can go on the website. You can you can email us. You can go direct with me. You can text us the toll free numbers or the uh, the office numbers there. Again, no minimums. Uh, I I really was turned off by 
when I was a young man and young soldier, I wanted to buy my first little bit of gold. And I told the guy I only had $2,500 and he, you could tell he's just crestfallen, didn't want to talk to me anymore. And there's one of those 1-800 numbers. So we don't do that. I don't care how much you have. We'll, uh, we'll get you into some metals. We're happy to have your business, <laughs> but I want you to check out Wolfpack. It is, I think it's growing and we've got uh, so much opportunity there to, to link people up, but we buy your metals for you. So you don't have to have thousands of dollars to get into the metals game. You don't have to have that. You can start at $50. You can start at the Lone Wolf package, and you're going to get mostly silver. But we buy your metals for you. We give you a detailed invoice. It's automatic every month. You should go check that out. You can find that anywhere on my website. You can go to wolfpack.gold directly and check it out. We've got uh, packages that go all the way up to 1,000, and we're going to be adding more. I've got uh, one for for kids coming out called, uh, what is it, uh, Wolf Cub. And uh, Kenzie and I have been working out the details on that. It's going to be a little lower cost, but it's going to be mostly about education and and the coins. We'll set up a little something. It's probably going to run a little differently than most of the other tiers. Uh, but we have that. We have Zen Wolf coming out. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, and again, uh, we're, we've got a couple of really great sponsors. Uh, that's, of course, my business. And then if you guys are paying attention to what's happening with the overreach of, of government and uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, people that think like us don't run the country. Uh, the people that think like us that love the constitution and want to be left alone and, you know, want to trade amongst ourselves and uh, not bother anybody else. Uh, sorry, you're, <laughs> you're an enemy of the state. I don't know if you knew you're deplorable and uh, you need to protect your rights. And that's one of the reasons I've got legal shield. I've been with them for over 20 years and uh, they're a great sponsor to the program. And you go to um, peoplesprotectionplan.com. That's peoplesprotectionplan.com. You can support the show by looking up a uh, legal shield for less than a cup of coffee a day. The cost of like, it's a buck. It's like $29.95 a month. You can protect you and your family have unlimited access to attorneys in your state. You can call about anything that you want. It's unlimited consultation. You get your will done. Uh, they protect you on traffic violations, IRS audits, court time. Uh, if you're ever sued every year, you, you build up a little bit more court time. I think I've got like 400 prepaid hours of court time. If someone ever sues me, I just hand it over to my, my law firm and uh, they inform the other party that I've got 400 hours before I even write a check. So that's, uh, that I've been, again, I've been with them. There's a reason I've been there for 20 years, 21 years. And, uh, Great company, uh, started uh, uh, over 50 years ago. So you should go check out uh, uh, peoplesprotectionplan.com, uh, look up Legal Shield, uh, great company, and I don't plug it enough. And I promised myself uh, kind of in the break and not doing shows that I was going to plug more. I need to do it. All right. So let's jump into some politics, right? Uh, raise your hand if you think that Biden will be uh, running again. <laughs> I'm on. Un, I'm unsure. I'm agnostic. Doesn't look good. You got uh, Gavin Newsom waiting in the wings. Uh, it's not going to be a Kamala Harris. I mean, that is wow. That dog doesn't hunt, right? <laughs> according to uh, so, top Democrats know Biden is not running for a second term. This is reported according to CNN report. Uh, he says, "Make make of that what you will." This is from uh, Zero Hedge and Summit News. Leading Democrats have begun reaching out to possible replacements for Joe Biden because they know that the 80-year-old president will not run for a second term. 
The report states that top Democrats and donors are having conversations with potential presidential candidates within the party because the pace of Biden's apparent campaign is so slow. (laughs) But he's the most popular president ever. Folks, they ran Biden. He was selected. I don't know if, I mean, are we still playing this game? He was selected. And I said back in 2020 when the when the Hunter Biden laptop story was revealed, as unbelievable as it was, like here's I have you ever seen anybody in the history of ever that takes so many incriminating pictures of himself? I mean, I've never seen anything like it. This guy has no privacy. Like he's it's like he's documenting it's it's got to be some kind of Freudian weird somebody psychoanalyst type thing where he's projecting into he wants to be caught I don't know but that it's like showing its speedometer to 170 miles an hour while he's hopped up on something driving to an orgy I mean this guy is out of control right but anyway they have this laptop that comes out in 2020 obviously the Republicans didn't use it because they never do they never they never can pull anything off where it's actually attacking anyone. Like, like they don't use that. And uh, I knew that they wouldn't um, Giuliani and Trump's team. And they just kind of sat on it and the media kind of shrugged and the FBI said, it's not real. And I thought, yeah, it's real. And they're going to use it eventually as their token. Cause they knew they could run Biden and they knew it could prop him up and he'd be uncle Joe and return you to normalcy and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they're going to use it for the purposes of getting rid of Joe Biden, right? It's a, it's a chip for the Democrats. It never was for the opposition. I mean, when's the last, I mean, they're going to what run uh, hearings on it. No, I mean, they'll just use it as a chip to get rid of him, to make him leave, you know, in a Nixon style, but it'll probably be like for health reasons, they'll give him some dignity on the way out and he'll pardon a bunch of criminals and deep staters and everything else. And, and they'll, will replace, and they'll have some sort of succession. So be looking for whatever happens in a 25th amendment scenario. And it could come down to, uh, an LBJ, you know, you got, if you guys remember your history, 1968, Lyndon Johnson goes on television and says, uh, you know, I will not seek and I will not accept another, uh, nomination for the term as your president, right? So he left and that opened up the floodgates for all people like Robert Kennedy. Notice they don't talk about Robert Kennedy in any of these things. He's polling very high, but he's unfortunately a Democrat. Says so the report cites almost two dozen current Biden aides, top Democratic operatives and donor and alumni and other campaigns who are concerned that multiple big donors aren't locking in and that grassroots emails are sometimes bringing in just a few thousand dollars. I mean, this is the guy that couldn't put three people in a, like an auditorium. I don't, nobody wants him. Right. And 2020 was just all about not having Trump for these people wasn't anything about love for Biden. The piece adds that those who are placing the calls to the prospective Democratic candidates are telling them despite what 80-year-old Biden has said and despite launching his campaign, he actually will not run for president. Well, I think he'll be 
forced, right? It'll be one of those things where there is no money for you. You know, you either get out with dignity or we make this ugly. And that's why you see people like American Psycho, uh, <laughs> see people like Gavin Newsom uh, out front, touring around, attacking DeSantis. Why are he's triangulating? He's looking to attack whoever the front runner or who he perceives is going to be a game player, a person with uh, chips on the table in uh, the presidential race in 24 for the opposition. So much language here. But yeah, that's being telegraphed. Biden knows it. Uh, his approval rating is garbage. Why do you think they're pulling back on uh, the Ukraine issue? It NATO, you know, putting the brakes on that. Well, it's because they're waiting. They're gonna. They need to shift whoever their next puppet is going to be, and it's not Biden. It's going to be somebody else. And we'll get into uh, the politics of of uh, the so-called right side of things maybe next week, because um, there's a lot of shakeup going on there. There was a headline on Drudge where. One of the billionaire donors is considering backing DeSantis. I don't know. I I, I, I used to follow politics. Uh, I, it's like a shoe that doesn't fit anymore to me. I don't. If I don't. <laughs> I remember uh, trying to put on my old combat boots and I couldn't do it. Like uh, years later, after I'd come home and I tried to wear them for a hike and I couldn't get in there. It was just they'd shrunk. I just feel like that's how I am now with trying to talk about politics. But you know, if you don't. Um, I just I do it for the same reason Sun Tzu told me to know my enemy. So I follow politics for that reason to give you an analysis. I still know enough to be dangerous, but I think that there's something else afoot here, and it's uh, usually not the headlines, right? All right, let's skip around here. I had I, there was so much here today, and uh, oh, we didn't talk about Bastille Day. Let's do that. Let's do a little bit of the Bastille history. And then I'll close out with uh, what the Bank of International Settlements is saying, which, you know, um, <laughs> I, I can't confirm that the person on the plane that the lady said wasn't real. Uh, I can't confirm that that whatever that is uh, <laughs> works for the Bank of International Settlements. But I think it's a good possibility, right? Or at least a subsidiary uh, of the Bank of International Settlements. It's the mother of all central banks. If you want to know where all your gold went in 1933, when Franklin Roosevelt made it illegal for you to own gold, we'll just look no further than the Bank of International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland, ladies and gentlemen. All right, this is the Encyclopedia Britannica. I chose that over Wikipedia to, to talk. I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't take any more Wikipedia. Uh, let's look at Bastille Day, which is a French holiday. You go back to... Uh, uh, the French Revolution. This is the beginning of the French Revolution. Uh, July 14th, 1789. Originally built as a medieval fortress, the Bastille eventually came to be used as a state prison. Political prisoners were often held there, as were citizens detained by the authorities for trial. Some prisoners were held on the direct order of the king, from which there was no appeal. Although by the late 18th century, it was little used and was scheduled to be demolished. The Bastille had become to symbolize the harsh rule of the Bourbon monarchy. 
During the unrest of 1789, on July 14th, the mob approached the Bastille to demand the arms and ammunition stored there. When the forces guarding the structure resisted, the attackers captured the prison and released the seven prisoners held there. The taking of the Bastille signaled the beginning of the French Revolution and thus became a symbol of the end of the Ancien Regime. Well, you know, you start with... uh, a tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And the difference between the French revolution, you know, the proto Marxist, the Jacobins and the American revolution, the American revolution was a conservative revolt. It was pushing back against what uh, great Britain had become. It had become an empire. There was no representation. They had, had abandoned the Magna Carta. They became radical. The American Revolution was a conservative reset, if you want to use that word. It was going back to first principles. Yeah, there was some new, you know, age of the Enlightenment uh, philosophy taken into that. But it make no mistake, it the reason it wasn't bloody, like the French Revolution, the French Revolution was trying to create something that never was. Right? George Bernard Shaw, you know, that quote, some... <laughs> Some men look at things and ask why. I, 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 ask, I look at things and ask uh, why not. Things I dream about things that never were and ask why not. Well, sometimes that's dangerous, right? And the French Revolution is an extension of that. You had a really bloody revolution, Robespierre, uh, and there's so much infused into this. George Clinton, and if you read the history of these guys that started the, the, the mob. They read because the mob is demonic. You start with that. You they went in and crushed the churches. They set up the the church of reason, right? They took out all of the uh Christian symbolism and replaced it with the uh the church of reason. Didn't last very long. Uh, but all of those people, and no one reads their history who's all these revolutionaries, you know, they call for blood. Be careful when you do that, because you know the last person to ever get the guillotine was the guy who called for it the most, and that was Robespierre. He was the last person to get guillotine. And all the other French revolutionaries, most of all of them were dead by the end of it. They, the mob turned on them. And by the way, little known fact, Thomas Paine, who wrote Common Sense, which is a great little book, uh, he, was a, he wrote The Rights of Man, was also uh, almost... Guillotine, like they were going to kill Thomas Paine. I mean, let's talk about demonic. Like this had nothing to do with human liberty or anything else. And uh, it was an accident. They marked the wrong symbol on his door as he was supposed to be executed the next day, and he accidentally got let out. Thomas Paine survived the French Revolution, so be careful with all that, right? You appeal to the mob, and it uh, sometimes appeals right back to you in different ways. All right, we got a couple of minutes. Let's talk about the Bank of International Settlements and Technocracy.news. I love Technocracy.news. The BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, says the CBDC rollout may require changing the Constitution. (laughs) You don't say. Uh, We kind of already had to. We're supposed to do that. Have you ever read the Constitution? There's the, the Federal Reserve's not allowed in there. It says only Congress can coin money, right? 
and it has to be gold and silver specie. Well, where is <laughs> Congress isn't coining anything and it's not gold and silver. So how did they change the constitution to get the federal reserve act in, or do they just sneak it through with Woodrow Wilson on Christmas Eve in 1913? Oh, okay. Well, I'll just, we still need to change it for that reason. This is, uh, this is Patrick Woods, uh, technocracy.news. There's no doubt that the federal reserves implementation of a CBDC would require modification of the U S constitution. This gives urgent globalist emphasis to a constitutional convention of states. Oh, a con-con. Because there is no other way to change our Constitution. Since most people still do not understand the nature of the threat of CBDCs, a constitutional convention would blindside the nation. Yes, I have uh, I've opposed the Convention of States, and so does the John Birch Society, the New American. You look at that, I know that it's it seems on, on paper it looks really good. We're going to get the states together. We're going to fix this problem with the Constitution. Well, it's not broken. Uh, you don't follow it now, right? Only Congress can declare war. We'll start there. You know, you're, you're not supposed to have ongoing forever wars uh, that are carried out by the executive branch. There's supposed to be limits on that. And the last declared war was the only was the last war that we won, right? Those, those are just, to be, I mean, Congress is supposed to have the control of the purse strings, as I just mentioned about the Federal Reserve. What about the people who lie to Congress? James Clapper said that the uh, NSA didn't you know, have massive spy spying and surveillance in real time of Americans. Totally proven as a liar. He perjured himself. And these entities that are breaking all the, I mean, the, not only the, the First Amendment, look at that, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. We don't use the Tenth Amendment anymore, the Ninth Amendment. This, again, there's nothing wrong with the Constitution. There's something wrong with our leaders there's something wrong with our culture that we don't adhere to it they don't need you know lex rex the law is king <laughs> the imf is warning that with all these cbdc's about to launch there needs to be a global interoperability standard between them all and they're working on a global a platform to facilitate that Speaking at a conference of African central banks in Morocco, IMF Managing Director Christina Georgieva said there needs to be an agreement among CBDC implementations. Not to be outdone, the Bank of International Settlements worked with seven central banks to publish YARP, yet another research paper on CBDC policy entitled Central Bank Digital Currencies Ongoing Policy Perspectives. <laughs> Patrick Wood puts yawn afterward. Well, that's the thing. There's a banality in evil, right, folks? There's a banality in it, which means that if you look at the, 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 the Third Reich, you had all these little bureaucrats with their typewriters and everything's organized, just sending people away, putting them on the train. What all the, all the banality, it's just not very, it's not this grandiose thing with the, the, the devil in a cape. And, you know, it's not, all, it's not all that. It's just the banality of evil. It's boring. And that's where you got to get into the weeds. They hide it in there. The devil's in the details, right? The central banks involved were Japan, Sweden, Switzerland, England, and the United States, Canada, and the European Union. It says the paper is mostly a snoozer. Until you get to the rather innocuous-sounding annexes like box two legal considerations. <laughs> the paper wonders, are they cash deposits or are they something else entirely? Well, exactly. They're not any of those things. 
this is a great article. And again, they're they're trying to work out they're they're wargaming out how to implement these central bank digital currencies across the board. And look what the IMF's doing. They got something called Unicoin, not Unicorn. They got Unicoin. One coin to rule them all. The IMF. Uh, of course, the Bank of International Settlements was set up right before uh, the Great Depression, right? Uh, it needed to collect your gold, right? Because that was the whole point of all that. Uh, the uh, the gold confiscation, if you want to put it that way. Franklin Roosevelt signed that executive order, right? But the IMF was the was born out. It was the it was the new world order that was happening after the the uh, fall of the Third Reich and Tojo's Japan. Uh, and Breton Woods in 1944, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, was born out of that. So there is a new world economic order, and those IMFs competing with BRICS. We'll talk more about uh, BRICS next week, too, and on the Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show. But they are working on this. They're working on how to square it, how to sell it. They're wargaming it out. They're running simulations. How do they get this to be accepted by you? What candidate are they going to have to run? How are they going to attach this? Are they going to make it a crisis? You know, we lost the world reserve currency status. And we're sorry about all the wealth you lost, but here's the answer to it. The answer is to download this biometrically, you know, surveilled linked system. Uh, and you get to all these credits. It's food stamps. So we'll we'll make it worth your while. Just download this. Just link it to your identity. And then you'll be part of the Central Bank Digital Currency Club, right? And, uh, oh, sorry, you can't buy that or this. And you can't donate to that charity of your choice. And you can't buy ammunition. And, oh, well, sorry about that. You can't buy fuel. We have a fuel shortage. Didn't you know that you're causing the uh, the earth to heat up or cool or whatever we decide what's wrong today? And that's the end of freedom and must be resisted. All right, folks, we'll be back uh, next week for sure. Uh, thanks for everybody uh, tuning in. Uh, follow the podcast, Arterburn.news, Paratruther uh, is uh, my other podcast. You can find that anywhere podcasts are served up. Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. Remember, wisewolf.gold, okay? And uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, America Unplugged on Rockfin, uh, the great Billy Ray Valentine, the legendary Donald Jeffries on Saturday, uh, 11 a.m., central time uh find us there we'll see you very soon have a great weekend take care of each other end of transmission